Cackerel's Keep, Chapter One Garin fell back against a muddy heap of earth, panting with exertion. Sparse drops of cold rain mingled with his sweat, beating plump to fall onto the dark black ground of that haunted moonless night. Before him steamed two carcasses which had only moments before been animated with something like life, though the force that had compelled those beasts was far from that which gave spark to a flower or blade of grass. The skeletal maw of one of the bear geists he had slain grinned up at him through the darkness that swam around his vision. He regarded that upside-down fanged smile, and his hand traced to his right side. The creature's powerful swipe had cleft his armor and left a hole in both it and him. He examined the damage to his cuirass with some disdain. The armor was forged from a rare blood-red iron, hard to find and even harder to work. His wound, too, was serious, and though not immediately deadly, he still had much to attend to that night. Sighing, he procured from his waist pouch a curvaceous glass vial. He observed the shape of the elegant bottle in his haggard, damaged hand and laughed gruffly to himself. The liquid in the little ampule effused a subtle, clear light, illuminating the slender form of the delicate vial which held it. Garin pulled the glass stopper from the vessel with care and then upended its contents into his mouth, his eyes falling closed. Though raindrops still fell on him, he felt that the moon-bright liquid which he now imbibed must be like rainwater from the purest source. Or perhaps it was the very lunar essence distilled and concentrated into a form palatable to such coarse, worldly folk as he. The silvery liquid coursed through his already pulsing veins, and a sensation of glistening vitality filled him. The hand which still rested on the raw, abused flesh of his ribcage now sensed a living movement under his fingertips, as his flesh knit and grew to seal the ugly wound. Eyes still closed, his thoughts drifted for a careless moment to the woman who had given him such a treasured potion. He laughed gently to himself once more, seeing her intelligent, refined face in his mind's eye, surprised at himself that he had finally used the concoction. He still remembered her soft fingers as they had pressed the vial into his hands so many years ago. Don't waste this. No, my queen, he had said automatically. She gazed at him imploringly, knowing the man he was, knowing his mettle, his recklessness, and audacity. Her tattooed fingers encircled his rough hands, and she looked into his eyes. This sudden contact disarmed him utterly. I mean it, Garin. He could only nod, blushing with all the grace of a whelp. Laying there in the mud, he considered the now empty vial. Even when he had stood against him, sir, the two-faced Cliopel of the sudden waste, he had forestalled the use of this sacred elixir. The beast had laid a deep gash into his thigh, yet he triumphed, severing one of the two fearsome heads from its gargantuan feline body. The beast him, sir, had not perished. He instead became docile and submissive with the loss of the one head. Garin had seen this and could not deliver the killing blow. Let it find a new life, or perhaps even salvation in its new, altered form. Garin had limped through the wastes, exhausted, yet determined. The potion could wait. 
But now, sitting in the rain before the corpses of those two fell abominations, he gazed up at the high menacing towers of the devilish necromancer Kakaral. The twisting spires were beset with cruel windows that glowed with a malevolent cat's eye flame, and he knew he would require all the strength he could muster. Grunting, he stood and strode through the rain which steamed on his warm flesh towards the nearest tower. In his left hand he still brandished Goldmane, his slang sword. Goldmane, she who shone and sung a hymn of the sun, and warmed his hand with a glorious promise. The downpour had washed the blade clean of the swamp-dark blood of those dispatched beargeists. He swung Goldmane in a high, glittering arc, casting off any moisture which clung to her edge, then sheathed the weapon in a quick and fluid movement. The portcullis to the nearest tower still lay open, having recently released those twisted ravagers. He quickly closed the distance and entered the courtyard of that ill structure that bore down on him. No sooner had he entered than the black iron gate fell closed behind him with a thud, an ornate witchery of metal barring his retreat. He did not look back. A small wooden door set into the tower beckoned to him seeming an underwhelming entrance given the dark bulk of the cruel fortress that hung above him. Garin gripped the cold iron ring which served as the door's handle and pushed. The heavy door swung open to reveal a spiral stair, aglow with an eerie light, cast by flames unknown to living eyes. Garin straightened his crimson helm and, setting his teeth, began to climb the steps. Far, far away, Alyssa's caravan trundled on through the night, down some dusky, nameless road. Durkee had fallen into a deep slumber before her, and the land was quiet around them. Elissa dozed against the cushions of the caravan, a book open in her lap. She awoke gently, wisps of dreams still clinging to the edges of her mind, and found the dark, handsome face of Sir Garin in her thoughts. Her hand strayed to the little glass pendant which hung around her neck. The delicate crystal shimmered with the faintest moonlight glow in the dark of the carriage. She whispered a small prayer of protection to the man whom some called the Queen's Champion, that brash and loyal warrior in crimson armor named Garen Spirehelm. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!